We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Frank, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. As we go live, we have some immediate breaking news for you. The Avs have traded their first round pick for none other than Jesse Comfer. <laughs> of course not. It's April Fools. Come on. Y'all had, I had to do a little bit of work with you. Uh, look. It's a good day. The Avs are still pumped from their win yesterday. It's also baseball's opening day. Always that fun time of the year. If you haven't checked out our opening day hype video, by the way, go check it out. All right. You don't don't have to like the Rockies, but as Drew put it, for one day, just be happy about baseball. Uh (laughs) And look, if you're just not a baseball fan, cool. I respect that. Definitely fine. Yeah, like, I totally understand that. But if you're like one of those Rockies fans who wants to make it about being mad about the Rockies, I hear you. Just not today. Right. Just we can not be, today. We can resume being mad tomorrow. I am excited to watch the Rockies play today. Amen to that thought. Also excited to talk about Alex Newhook proper as a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, unfortunately the Colorado Eagles did have to postpone their games over the weekend. So we don't get to see him dropped into pro hockey almost immediately, but his pro debut down in the AHL still shouldn't be particularly far away. Newhook is 
going to be an interesting one this year because I think the consensus right now is he's kind of caught in the middle of a situation where, I mean, let's face it, the Avs are on a 13-game point streak right now. 12. Is it 12? Oh, man. I My counting is broken. I'm bad at counting. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, the Avs are on a massive point streak. And... Yeah. It's hard to mess with a roster when a team is playing like that. Yeah, and I mean, we talked a little bit about it last night. You know, if the Logan O'Connor thing uh, extends a couple of games, it could be a perfect excuse to do that. But one, we don't expect that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They've broken us this year (laughs) in terms of hope for prospects ever again. Um. But two, it's like New Hook on a fourth line just isn't really what he does. Right. Um, Colorado's fourth line especially has been particularly those... low event stylistically. <laughs> well, and all of those guys, all of those guys are specialists of some kind. Yep. You know, um, Comfer on, on his best day. Comfer on his best days, he's a guy that gets a little bit of power play time and some PK time and kind of does a little bit of everything for you. You know, Belmar, PK specialist, face-off guy, especially this year where he's running a ton of face-offs. And then, you know, Calvert and O'Connor do the same thing. I think uh, part of the reality of why Newhook doesn't fit there is... At very least, Alex Newhook's ceiling is not a role player. To be honest, Alex Newhook's floor probably isn't a role player. Yeah, it would be. I mean, could you imagine, like, he gets out there and he's going out and he's he gets into the offensive zone and, like, Belmar and O'Connor are like, okay, let's cycle. Right. And he's like, what? (laughs) What, not why aren't you just like. gonna? Why not just dance these three dudes and <laughs> score a highlight real goal? Yep. Like I don't understand. It's what it, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be. I don't know. It would just. It would just be interesting to see. And you know, the Abs play their fourth line more than most other teams, so uh, it wouldn't be like the worst fit. I just don't. I just don't see. I just don't see where they would. They would drop a rookie fresh in out of college, into this roster, because you know if you compare it to Kale McCarr two years ago, look at that defense, right? And look where it was like Kale McCarr immediately changed the complexion of that defense and of what they do and their identity and how good they were. Like, immediately changed it. It took one period. Like, we're really excited about Alex Newhook and what he's going to do in the NHL. It should not be to the level of Kale McCarr. Right. I, I almost struggle with it, too, though, because I do think... Right. Let me preface by saying I don't want any player on any hockey team to ever get hurt. Injuries are always bad. Yeah, they suck, dude. 
But if someone in the Avs top six were to go down for a couple games, it seems like it'd be a lot easier to drop Newhook in the lineup then, as opposed to a fourth line grinder. I would even I would even say the top nine. Because say it, I mean I say struggle Don, say Donskoy goes yeah, down, right? Donskoy fine. I struggle with Joseph Nachuskin because of the defensive impacts, but Yes, I agreed. If if it's Donskoy, yeah. It's super easy to drop new hook in to that role, I guess you could say. Um <laughs> you're crazy pants if you think Newhook's going to give you that level of production because Donskoy is popping off right now. But 100%, yeah, you could drop him into Donskoy's spot. And I think part of that is interesting as you're switching mics mid-show. We'll go right back to this one. Look at that. Look at this dude go. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I think... I just said he's not a role player, and I think... That's true, but you also look have to look at as a rookie yeah. if he's going to be playing in the NHL. Where can you have him excel? Yeah, and like when we talk about trying to fit him into this roster right now, um, and then versus like next season, it's it's such a different conversation because you know next season they have. four roster spots that you could easily talk yourself into being available because probably no Brandon Saad, uh, probably no Belmar, probably no Calvert. And then there's a, a decent chance that a forward gets picked up. Yeah. That a forward is taken in the expansion draft. At this point, I'm probably, I mean, if I'm Seattle, I'm wondering if this Jacob McDonald thing is for real or not. <laughs> picked up another point the other night. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Boy, would that be weird if they took Jacob McDonald in the expansion draft? How, like, I don't know. Because the Avs do want to shed some money, but from a talent perspective, how pumped are you as the Avs if you (laughs) end up getting Seattle to take Jacob McDonald? Because, I mean... I think the I think the expansion draft is the is a big vehicle for them to shed a, a contract. I agree. I'd... On a player that they can realistically replace. Like right now, the guy that we're all gonna look at is JT Comfer. You know, and while he has certainly played better, three and a half million dollars, they could easily wherever you want to put him in the lineup. I'm I'm literally anywhere, Alex Newhook could do replace his job. Yeah, exactly. Could take his job for a million dollars. And look, I think ignoring conference play this year, this was the reality regardless. I think we even talked about it going into the season is one of Don's going confer. We're going to play their way into a protection slot. Yeah. And Don Skoy has clearly been the one to do that. I mean, I would even, I know this. Yeah. 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 Here we go. I would be tempted to expose them, knowing that, like, hey, two years, three three point nine million dollars left. Like, look, first of all, this is the value of Donskoy. Like, this is the value of signing a guy like this, is that you get a guy that can that can score points for you at a better than bad NHL player rate, but 
not as an elite, like higher end player, not consistently enough. We have his entire career to know that he is not a guy that you're going to see do this a lot. Right. I look ride, whatever this is for Jonas, as long as you can, but this is going to come back to planet earth eventually. Maybe not this season, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like (laughs) he is now one goal from his, could the career high he set last year in 30 fewer games played. So this, you know, you maybe take the take to ride this in there and say, Hey, we're not going to protect him because we look, he's the older, he's also the oldest guy. So, you yeah, know, you know, starting next year, he's what, 29, 30 years old, depending on the birthdays. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you're like, okay, well, we would rather just, it's nothing against him. We would just rather protect all the young guys. Yeah. It, again, if you don't trade anything to Seattle, you only lose one dude. Yep. For me, it would just be about it would just be about the money, uh, and the and, and then look, you you lose three point nine million uh, from from Don Squid. Now, okay, well now you have to replace Don Squid, but like this is what you drafted Martin yeah, Cow to do. This is literally the job you drafted Martin Cow to, to to take is a third line right wing job where he can occasionally moonlight in the top six if you need, and then. It, I mean, Martin Kaut next to Tyson Jost and Val Nachushkin would be really interesting. Right. I, stylistically, he's a great fit there. It's a bit of a, a two-pronged attack, right? Because, look, I don't expect the Evs to do a ton externally in the offseason, but I also don't expect them to do nothing. Yeah. So... <clears throat> If you're talking about replacing Donskoy's production, it's a little bit of do that by committee. You get a new hook in there. Maybe new hook more replacing Sod is realistically what you're hoping for. But you get Martin Cout in there. He can probably replace a significant portion of that. You get opportunities for a Shane Bowers. You get opportunities for whoever they pick up. Yeah. And I mean... It, it's I guess where I should look at this from the from a perspective of no matter who you drop in, if they have decent offensive production behind them, it's pretty easy to them for them to replace the fourth line scoring plus a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would also say I mean we're new hook. New hook is kind of like your. I don't know, kind of kind of an ace in the hole, if you will. For sure. Because if you lose Brandon Sod, he can take that job. Yep. It's... Okay. So let's just let's let's live in that world, okay? Let's let's yeah, let's just play this game, the, the hypothetical here of they lose Jonas Donskoy in the in the the expansion draft. Donskoy goes. They have a spot now. Uh, and then and then they lose Calvert, they lose Belmar, and they lose Saad, all the free agency. Those guys all leave. They free up that $3.9 million. Internally, Martin Kaut can take Jonas Donskoy's job. Yep. Alex Newhook can either take the Brandon Saad job at left wing, and then you have Shane Bowers on your take take the Belmar job. Yep. 
And then you still have LOC and you still have Comfer. Yep. As your fourth line. Right. You haven't done, you haven't, you haven't added a single person, but you have replaced all of those guys. Well, with first round picks. And as you alluded to, the flexibility the ads have right now, because if Don Scoy gets taken in the expansion, they have a replacement for that. Mm-hmm. If Comfer gets taken in the expansion, they have a replacement for that. Mm-hmm. If Nachushkin gets taken in the expansion, that one's a little bit different. But even then, you look at someone like Shane Bowers to be a more defensive oriented mm-hmm. forward. They kind of have a replacement for that. So if they if for some reason it's Tyson Jost, they kind of have a replacement for that. Yeah. Like they have if so if it's Tyson Jost that gets taken, Alex Newhook takes that job. Right. The, the it's just making the puzzle pieces fit in a way that makes sense and you kind of just drop Alex Newhook in wherever and then put the pieces of Cout and Bowers and possibly an, another UFA forward or whatever around that and say, and look. That's where you talk, That's where you have the Kovalenko talk, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, as, like a, as a bottom too. six guy. Yep. If he Man. comes over, like, it's a perfect fit for exactly what they want to do. We talked We talked in the offseason, you know, Devon Taves and Brandon Sod are perfect, like, these are the guys that need to be in this conversation. Well, Kovalenko would, if he wants to come over, and he's always he's always that like, if he wants to come over, yeah, that it's always tough with those guys because it's hard to really put them pencil them into a lineup until they're here. Yeah, but for sure, I, I mean. I think that's a reality of where they're at now. And and we haven't even mentioned, you know, what happens if Sampo Ranta looks good next year, presumably will be in the AHL, um, has not officially signed yet, but yeah, we think that's where things are probably headed. Yeah. And you look at even further down the line, someone like foodie, who has already proven himself at the professional level to a certain extent. Yeah. It's, it's weird to continue to be this excited about what's coming for a team. That's this good. And look, it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? Not everyone is going to work out as the NHL prospect that they think they are, that we think they are, that anyone thinks they are. But these immediate ones, boy, does Alex Newhook look ready. Boy, does Martin Cow look ready. Boy, does Shane Bowers look ready, man. (laughs) Like, yeah. I mean, we're watching, we're watching these guys. We're watching the AHL guys every, every week. And it's like, what more can you ask? Yeah. yeah, These guys are good to go. We watch, you know, uh, we see Kovalenko succeeding in the KHL for multiple years at a really young age. And it's like in, in the exact role that he's going to fill in the NHL. It's like, all right, they're there. Right. They've got, they've got all the internals. I mean, hell 
we're talking expansion draft a little bit here, but they, if they lose Ryan Graves, yeah, in the expansion draft, it's a one year stopgap to Justin Barron, Andrew Andrew Hellison, and turning pro. You know, Cummins is just hanging out. <laughs> really under underrated option that we don't talk as much about, but Danilo Zhuravalov. Yeah, also another Russian that could come over for who sure. Has who took a, had had himself a nice year but in the cage. Ovalenko's having for yeah, sure <laughs> a nice year. So it would just be. You know, and and like it's obviously it's a little unrealistic for us to think that every single one of these guys is going to pan out and be like, oh, yep, they're all lead HLers. The world just doesn't usually work like that. But if half of them pan out, what's different about this group is that, like, we're we know we talk about Baron and Hellison, like those guys are still a ways off. But what's different about this group is that Newhook is ready to rock. Yep, he's good to go. Uh, and he's one of those guys where it's like, look, the the level of his talent and what he yeah. what he did in college, those it's it's the failure rate on guys who were that successful in college is just so low. Yep. It's just it's so low. There are guys. I mean, look, TJ Tynan is a great example of it. He was comically prolific at Notre Dame. Even even with Tynan, though, like this year, Newhook pretty much put a stamp on it by balling out at WJCs as well, even through a, a grade one shoulder sprain. Yeah. Well, and, you know, 15 points in 11 games for BC. And then I think he was a point per game at WJCs. Yeah. I, six and six, I think something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it was and it was it's just like, look, like the only the only real complaint I have about his year is that he just didn't play very many games. Which is another reason why him dropping into the AHL for a while is totally fine with me. I don't care that they burned the year off of his contract. I, it's just what you do with first round picks. <laughs> yeah, this is the it's the cost of doing business with high end college kids. It just is. Yep, that's just how it goes. Just how it goes. We. We're going to take our first period break there as we are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Head on over there and use code DNVR when you sign up. There's still time to get in on March Madness and turn $1 into $100 when you use that DNVR code and sign up with a new account. That's for any March Madness game. Let's pick the winning team and you will get yourself that 100 bucks. Of course, you can also bet on pretty much any other sport under the sun. It's opening day. Best bet in baseball, first pitch strike. Bet first pitch strike every time, baby, and you will win yourself money, guaranteed. Get on it, do it. All right, maybe not for Rockies bullpen pitchers, but everywhere else, first pitch strike. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook now. Bet on any sport that your heart desires. Again, be sure to use that DNVR code when you sign up to get that odds boost bonus of a 
winning $100 for a $1 bet. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We are also brought to you by Gabby Insurance. That's G-A-B-I Insurance. You can head to Gabby.com slash DNVR to save yourself a whole boatload of money. The average user saved $961 when it comes to to Gabby. You can put your policy to the test, get better insurance, and it's totally free to check. There's no obligation to you. They just want to get you the best deal on both home and auto insurance. Highly recommend. I know a bunch of people here at DNVR have saved upwards of three, four, five, in some cases, well over $1,000. So check out Gabby today. And with that extra money, maybe throw a little bit of it our way for a membership to the DNVR.com. You get all of our amazing content, you get access to the DNVR lounge where you can chit chat all the day long and bonus right now. If you sign up for an annual subscription, you get a free recover holistic stick, which will get you feeling good and right. I know AJ was, was riding the CBD train to get over a migraine the other night. Holistic stick can do the same thing for you. If you got some aches and pains to deal with, CBD can take care of you. So why not? You get a free shirt. You get a free holistic stick. You get all of the amazing DNVR content. Top to bottom, you are good to go with a DNVR membership right now. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I did want to jump on this super chat from Pin King before we get back into the new hook talk a little bit. Uh, just official news. McKinnon find the 5K max for the uh, the helmet incident with Connor Garland the other day. I don't think it, no big surprise there. Everyone kind of saw the fine coming after the, the McDavid play that happened the other day as well that was a maximum fine so that was suspendable man i agree i think mcdavid should have been suspended 100 had those had the players been reversed i think it would have been a suspension i think mcdavid been the guy getting elbowed in the head i think it would have been a suspension oh yeah oh yeah i had anyone not named mcdavid or crosby thrown that hit i think it might have been a suspension yeah so, so I mean, how do we do we do we care at all about the suspension? I mean, about the fine? Oh yeah, I'm sorry about the fine. No, dude, um, McKinnon the off, like laughing all the way to the bank on that one. I look, I understand player safety is an important thing. I I've watched that play a million times. I really don't think it was particularly dangerous. Yeah, I think live, I was like, what the hell are you doing? And then after you watch it, you're like, he really, like, it was a pretty, it was a pretty light toss. Like, yeah. I, I think I would feel differently if he'd, like, fired it at him. Right. That's like. But it was like, like an underhand, like. He put a little bit extra on it to be yeah. kind of a dick. But and, well, and it was like, <laughs> here's your helmet, bitch. Like, yeah, you exactly. Him, like, That's exactly could, what it was. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was, you could just hear the monologue as it was happening. It was every Xbox Live post-kill trash talk ever. Yep. You know, that it was, it was the exact like teabag moment, right? Where it was just like, yeah, accuse you. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Like. 
And then, and then, like Garland's reaction was just like, "Okay, bud." I, I, I don't know. I agree with Chad a little bit on this one. I think Garland was almost like his reaction was almost like, "Did this dude actually just do that?" Yeah. Well, I mean, I said it to you and Jesse on Twitter last night. In no universe did Connor Garland think Nathan McKinnon was about to throw his helmet at him. (laughs) In no universe was he expecting that to happen. Um. It just, yeah, I do. I don't. I. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, definitely. A weird sequence of events, to say the least. I'm perfectly okay with a fine. Like, had McKinnon gotten a game, I wouldn't have made a stink about it. I'd have been like, fine, whatever. I, I think it's aggressive, but I, I've wanted the department of player safety to be overly aggressive for years now so it is what it is i i i'm just i'm torn because i'm trying to imagine how i would feel if connor garland threw his helmet at nathan mckinnon you know like i was i was over like i was furious when tyler bertuzzi yeah, sucker punched Calvert. Yeah, punched punched Matt Calvert, and like two of his teammates are like holding Calvert and pulling him into the bench so that he can get it, you know, so that they can wail away on him. And I was like, suspend all of them, dude. Like, you want to suspend Matt Calvert for spearing a guy onto the bench? Do it. Like, suspend all of them. That's bullshit. And I found out that when I went into the locker room after that and was talking to the guys yeah. about it, like. <laughs> yeah. I was like super in the minority in that like they were all just like don't go into the bench, hello. That's why you don't do it. <laughs> and it was just it was just a different like they just did not feel it was a big deal. And Calvert thought it was hilarious. So I mean it it's a situational thing too, right? If Colorado's up eight three and Connor Garland throws his helmet at McKinnon you're just going to laugh it off, I think, right? <laughs> Assuming, you know, if it looks exactly like the one that McKinnon did and, you know, Garland was clearly fine. Yeah. And, yeah, like, the, there were no injuries and this was more just, like, a metaphorical embarrassment to both Garland and the Coyotes. <laughs> it was just kind of... I mean, it's so disrespectful. It's, you know, I mean, based on that tweet from Michaela, it's, it's significantly less metaphorical when the helmet turns into a gigantic L. Yeah, I mean, what's more disrespectful, the 9-3 to three or throwing a helmet at a guy? Because <laughs> they both felt like the abs were sending messages there. Yep. It very much felt like, we dare you motherfuckers to make the playoffs and playoffs in round one. Come at us. We- dare you <laughs> Ooh, man i mean look the abs are gonna play a little bit of a role in that given how much they play st louis yeah yeah absolutely i'm just <clears throat> i don't know i'm look i i thought it was fun i thought it was funny but we cover we cover colorado and it was all fun and games last night it was all well and good right I, I I I can I can absolutely tell you that if things were reversed, I'd be 
I'd be a little sanctimonious and pissed. But I, it, was, I, I, it, I, it was just, it was funny, man. I, I definitely think we'd both be mad about it. Yeah. But I, I do, I don't know where we would draw the line. Would would we be out here railing for a suspension? I, I legitimately don't know. Yeah. I, again, had he fired the helmet, I think I would say he has to be suspended because oh, you yeah. can't do that. But if he if, overhand chucked it or yeah, something, yeah. If, if it's there was a like a different world. If yeah. there was real potential for him to have hurt him with how he went about it, right. I could see it. Um, you know, and I said on last night's show, like you don't get to throw your stick like a spear either. You know, I had a <laughs> yeah. guy done had a guy done something like that, it would also be similar, but like the the un like kind of like the underhand toss back to him where it was like not there, there was enough sauce to send a message, but it wasn't enough for that to have been dangerous. And then his reaction just kind of made me be I don't know. I think I think the overreaction, like one, there's no doubt he was shocked that it had happened. Yeah. But it also felt like dramatic much, especially because this is a guy who we've been watching the last several games against Colorado. Every time he gets breathed on, he just falls down onto the ice. It's so, oh, he just goes crashing down. And it's just like, all right. You know, get what you can. I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna dive, then earn your penalties. So yeah, yeah. Nazem Kadri thought it was the funniest thing yeah. in the world, dude. The, the entire bench was like losing their minds as McKinnon went down the tunnel after that play. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what it is about the Coyotes. If you look at his angriest moments and. I poorly tweeted it out last night because I forgot half the words, but like half of his career fights are against the Coyotes. Yep. Like he, I'm, for whatever reason, it's not it's not like it's all come against this core of players. It's does, been various guys over the years. Does everyone on the ice get like 0.2 of a fight for the Ronaldo incident or, or how does that uh, stack up? <laughs> Yeah, that ended up being three different fights between, yeah, right. <laughs> between the colossal beating that Eric Johnson served Zach Ronaldo, and then I don't even remember who Nathan McKinnon beat up, and then Landeskog. Landeskog's fight ended because both guys were watching McKinnon beat up whoever that was. Wail on a dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Arizona's just... Uh... They push all the wrong buttons, and it makes the Evs beat them to a pulp, figuratively and literally. Yeah, Josh Archibald. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Good it was memory. Archibald. You are correct on that. That was God, yeah. was that a? I'll never forget the the people who said Sam Gerard deserved that. Oh my God! What? Nope. I got a yeah, I have a nice little inventory of people who always felt that way and I was like, okay. Yo one thousand times out of a thousand I'd take Ronaldo chucking his helmet at Gerard over straight up sucker punching the dude in the face. Yeah. A guy that's not even looking. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Context yeah. matters in these Mem- days. memories of all the beatings that the ads have laid on Arizona for a long time. <laughs> You know, it uh, 
it cuts deep, I guess, after a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there Especially, are really so many times. There's only so many times you can get embarrassed by one team in a year. Well, and, and Arizona knows they're about to spend the rest of their lives in a division with this team. Like, this doesn't go away after the year because they're moving to the central. Yeah, yeah the they won't, you know, playing them four or five times will be a reprieve from the scheduled eight-game shellacking that the NHL laid on them this year. Yeah, that is true, to be I fair. did I did like Nathan McKinnon last night being like, I'm sick of the Coyotes. <laughs> oh, we couldn't tell. <laughs> Oh, I do man. I do think uh I do this 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 is too much. Like the obviously playing the, the division teams, um this is this is too much. Yeah. I, but I I do like the two game sets a lot. I I don't mind the that baseball y style either, but yeah, you're starting to see it come out now, especially with the weaker teams in the division where by yeah. game six against these teams, every game with the Ducks, every game with Arizona, it's like all right, dial it back a little bit. You don't, I, you don't need to go after someone every second. I'm actually, I'm really curious how this upcoming Blues stretch goes. Yep. Because like they play St. Louis and they play a couple other teams and they play St. Louis and they play someone else and then they play St. Louis. And it's just like every time they get away from them, they have to go back to St. Louis in April. Yep. And I'm curious how this goes, man. I, I'm for one, standings wise, obviously they have to keep winning games. They've got a, they've got a, they're in a dead sprint now with yeah. Vegas for the division title. Straight up, it, uh, it's gonna come right on down to it if both teams keep up their paces. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed last night when I went and looked that the Abs were on a 117 point pace in an 82 game season. That's crazy town. As good as any team in the league. Vegas has the best points percentage, I guess. Them in Carolina. Yeah. And then it's Tampa Bay and the Avs right there. Yep. yep. Tampa Bay and the Avs, uh, identical. Yep. So, so uh, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I see a couple people asking about it. I'd... We don't know who'll take Friday necessarily, who'll take Saturday next necessarily, but you can expect JoJo to get at least one of the games this weekend. Yeah. Just reality of you got the guy, so play him in a back to back at very least. Um other conversations. Use the San and then look, we'll have a conversation when that guy shows up and starts playing hockey in North America. Yeah, there's really nothing to get into. Uh, related to Annan until he gets here. I don't care at all what season, what kind of season he had. Um, this was like a freebie for him. Yep. I just, given the inconsistency of everything going on, I don't care at all about what kind of year he had and the numbers and all that. It hasn't given me any pause on him whatsoever as a prospect. He's an exciting, good goaltender prospect. Uh, he's not crazy high-end, like, oh, my God, he could be amazing. But he has starter potential in the NHL. We'll just see how that goes. Yeah. I'd... He's got to get here and start doing stuff first for us to actually have some sort of a meaningful conversation. I think some people have confused 
the best goaltender in the Avs system <clears throat> for one of the best goaltender prospects in the league. Well, and after the year that he had last year, he was on the ascent. People wanted Definitely. to talk about the him. hype was there for sure. So I get that, but yeah, I'm, the Avs actively traded back in the second round to the third round to get this guy. To be clear, like yeah, like five spots. Yeah, it wasn't far, but I'm saying there wasn't like teams actively moving up to get a goalie like you often see. Yeah. So I mean, we'll 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 see how it goes. He's he's got to get here and he's got to get going. One hundred percent. And this is pretty much true of every European goalie that they have to come over to North America at some point. Yeah, I mean, we're talking Jesper Wallstead should be a top ten pick, maybe maybe even a top five, given how weak the skaters are this year. But until that guy gets over here and starts rolling in North America, you know. Yep. It's too. It's hard to get too excited. Now, Wallstead, it's probably a little easier because he's done things at his age in a league that have never been done before. Yeah, as far as goalies go, he's, yeah. he's kind of a league above for sure. So that's fun, but. Until he gets to North America and we start to see what he looks like. We'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> we get this question from Billy every so often about what the Canadians or the Canadian team does in the semifinals. It's to be determined. Yep. They haven't made that decision yet because they didn't have to. And- with the with the changing COVID landscape, look, they've already reduced the quarantine for player trades. You fast forward, you know, that's the third round of the playoffs. You're, playoffs start, what, the second week in May? Yeah, you're, you're well into June by then. Yeah, you're, say, say you're in mid-June by that point. Um, we could be in a position where they just don't even worry about it. Yep. I think, look, nothing so, official, but the way this was planned yeah. out, it sure seems like the NHL was kind of planning on those restrictions being lifted or heavily yeah. reduced by the time that role well, issue would roll around. They they left they left the door open by yeah. not making that decision. They didn't commit to anything. For um, sure. They left they left that door open for them to be able to do whatever they want. Yep. Definitely. Uh looking hard. for trade deadline talk. Our first trade deadline video comes out tomorrow morning. Yep. Tomorrow Start, morning? Yeah. Tomorrow morning. We have seven videos over the next 10 days, 11 days. Yeah. Well, they're all coming out one day after the other. So, yeah. so they, they stop a, a couple days shy of the actual deadline itself. And we will be talking. We, those videos will come out. We will also be talking deadline more and more as we get going, yeah. you know, David Savard and all the hype, that whatever, uh, whatever the word is around the league as things develop too. Uh, We can take our second period break here as we are brought to you guys by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 if you're a first-time buyer. If you're coming back for a second time, get 25% off with code DNVR25. It's known to help many different aches, pains, migraines, that type of thing. As with all CBD, highly recommend you check these guys out and let them know who sent you over there. 
also brought to you by Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a long time now, and Mike is a certified financial planner. So they'll look at everything that's going on with your finances when it comes to finding the right home alone for you. These guys are diehard Denver sports fans as well. They're part of the family out here. So go out there, support them. Head on over to dnvrmortgage.com. You can get a free consultation as well as sign up to win yourself some free dnvr merch. Check them out today. You can also call Virginia at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had tons of people switch over to them as their new dentist, and they've all said it's been an amazing experience. So check these guys out as well. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today, and they'll take great care of you, whatever dental work you may need. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Rudo and AJ coming at you. AJ, have we covered the prospects solidly enough are you are you comfortable is there anything else you want to add to this zach wants to know why we're excited about powers because the stats are bad and my my response is mostly just that we've watched him play um he drives play down there pretty consistent basis um his stats are never going to be very good because he's just not that guy yeah this like this is a dude that since he joined the avalanche organization and the polish to his game is just NHL caliber. He yeah. does all of the little things right all of the time. He's that type of player that and and look, let's let's be real here. The question for him was always his offensive ability at the next level and there's probably mm-hmm. a hard ceiling on this guy being a bottom six guy for you. But that's fine. Every NHL team in the league has six bottom six guys. Yeah, well, and the difference between, and he brings up, is he another Jost? If he's another Jost, the Avs are excited. Yeah, that's a slam dunk then. Yeah, like the Avs, he was drafted and the excitement about him. How when the Avs traded for him, you could probably go back and read whatever I wrote about it at the time. And I said, he's a guy that profiles as a third line center at best. Yep. Like, the offense has never been there at any level to make you think that like to trick you into thinking this could go really well. You know, like you look at Joe Valeno in Detroit, you know, like yep. the exceptional status, the really, 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 really high scoring couple of seasons right at the end of his uh, CHL career gets you to believe, well, well maybe, right? Well, with Shane Bowers, we've never had that conversation. There's always been, just the acceptance that, look, offensively, he won't be good enough to be a high-end NHL player. But he's a fantastic skater. Yep. He's incredibly smart. He's all of the little details. To me, he's always profiled as more of a Ryan O'Reilly type, a guy that a guy that can get it done. Um, maybe, maybe a better comp would be early career Sean Couturier. I mean, I think... Same kind of guy, early career Ryan O'Reilly, early career Sean Couturier, yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking maybe a uh, a better comparison would be a guy like Lars Eller, uh, his t- yeah. that kind of career. Yeah, 
You I know, don't like, mind that comparison. Yeah, that's that's the kind of guy that we're talking about here. If he ends up as another, as as a as a Jost, that's fine. Like we talk, the only people in the world that talk about Tyson Jost in a negative light are Avs fans. Yep, because other teams are looking at that guy and like, there are yeah, with the Kraken can make trades this trade deadline. So there are 31 other teams that would happily take that dude off your hands. If the yeah. price was right. To be honest with you, you know, which team could badly use Tyson Jost as Vegas. Yeah. They're uh their bottom six is kind of ghosted a little bit. Yeah. I was actually looking at it last night and like, they're kind of old and they don't have a ton of forwards coming. It's like Peyton Krebs and yeah. a bunch of guys where you're like, well, maybe because they committed so hard. To yeah. Trying to win now. Oh, team Kong or team Zilla. It's team Zilla. I'm actually going to go. I'm going to watch that today. Team Mothra. Let's go. Oh my God. I'm, we're going <laughs> to have a problem. I've, I've never been a big Zilla or Kong oh, okay. fan, to be honest. Um, so yeah, anyway, with, uh, with Bowers, honestly, the fact that he is Jared Bednar's like wet dream of a hockey player is, is one reason why it's been so freaking confusing that they just won't use him. They won't play him. Yeah. I don't get it. Every time that, every time he's had exposure to, to Jared Bednar, Bednar's like, I love this guy. And then they send him back and you're like. And he, you don't see him again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. You're like, what the hell is going on here? Definitely. Uh, it's very, so, it's very so. frustrating. It's starting, it's starting to get major Duncan Siemens vibes where they're going to put their, they're going to over bake him in the AHL yeah. and he's just going to, going to become an AHL player. Let him waste away down there for five because years. Yeah. The, the problem with guys that play a little too long in the AHL is that they stop pushing themselves to get better and they just become AHL players. The AHL should be a stopping point, you know, a, a building block. Yep. It should be, it should be a place where players, they're there for a, a year or two. If you get into the third year, it's fine, but you want to start to know what's going on. If you get into a fourth year, you're an AHL player. The Avs should know better than anyone how different a player can look in an NHL structure with guys like Ryan Graves that have looked... When Graves joined this organization in the AHL, he was just okay in the mm -hmm. AHL. And then he came up to the NHL and it all came together. I saw Graves play live for the Eagles like two weeks after they got him. And I was like, he doesn't have it. Yeah. Like there was a lot of things that I liked, but I I thought his, uh, the foot speed is going to keep him. The foot speed is going to be too big of a problem for him. The physical tools aren't there for him to keep up. And that's the struggle that we've seen this year. We've seen it's his physical tools against how smart he is. Yep. So we'll um, we'll see. You know, I'm with Bowers. It's mostly concerned now that they are using him as trade bait. That that's what they trade for David Savard or whatever, because they've cleaned out their second round picks. <laughs> so now they're like, okay, well let's move let's move a prospect or two. And this next big wave that's sitting in 
Loveland right now waiting to join the Avs roster. They start chipping away at for short-term fixes. Yeah. And to be honest with you, David Savard makes a ton of sense for Colorado. <laughs> it, like he's a he's a very good fit for them for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean that's you're playing with fire a little bit when you start trading prospects like that, and especially ones that are your immediate future, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. But I mean on it's the other so hand it's easy if, to see Shane Bowers as the Pierre Edward Belmar replacement. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's I say that, but also if the Avs do make that trade and they win the cup, nobody cares. Or rather, it will be viewed as a good trade then. As long as that guy play, plays a role, right? Like, right, yeah. You know, if it's the guy smart, comes in, he gets hurt, he, he plays, plays three games, games and yeah, they win the cup, and you're like, story for sure, but really didn't need to make that trade, did they? Yeah. So, but, you know, of course, anything in that regard is going to be hindsighty. So, yeah. We'll see on that front just in general uh well i mean we'll see how that stuff goes yeah do we want to touch on uh some nhl awards real quick since i know we we had planned on talking about it a little bit today we can uh we can be quick about it you know opening pitch is like 15 minutes away so we'll be fast but yeah uh realistically the avs have certainly two guys in conversations for nhl awards and depending on how the rest of the season plays out, maybe a third. Um, Miko Rantanen obviously is the statistical one. He is now three goals behind Austin Matthews, tied for second in the rocket Richard race with 21 goals. Yeah. With McDavid. And if McDavid, because he didn't get suspended for that elbow and he wins that thing by one goal. Oh yeah. That's going to be a conversation. (laughs) Um. Look, Rantanen has been wicked hot with the goal scoring this year, but it's hard to see that keeping pace for the rest of the year, particularly because you know McKinnon's going to start putting pucks in the net soon, too. Now, on the other hand, Miko could have two more empty net goals this year and be sitting at 23 had he not fed a couple to McKinnon. That's true. How fun would that be if that becomes yeah. like a... If he loses it by two goals. Or one. Oh, man. Could have won it off of the empty netters. Yeah. So. It's hard to score in the NHL. It is. Look. Right now, I still believe my my conversation that Mika Rantanen is the best skater in the West. I think the dude is an absolute monster. We've talked about him as a player that if he keeps up his trajectory, could be on a Hall of Fame career. Well, so far this year, he's kept up the trajectory. So, dude's good. Yep. $9 million player? Most nights. <laughs> Most nights. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, the other award that is a real conversation at this very moment has to be Philip Grubauer for the Vesna. Mm-hmm. Now... It's going to be a hard sell for a lot of people over Andre Vasilevsky, I think. Yeah. So if the season were to end today, Vasilevsky wins. Yeah. And Grubauer and Fleury are two and three in some order. Sure. 
it's but like I let's take a look at Grubauer's case here. He has the most wins of anyone in the league right now with 22. Vasilevsky mm-hmm. is the only one close who has 21. Uh, Vasilevsky also does have less games played, so there is that. Mm-hmm. Of goaltenders that have actually played a reasonable amount of games, he has the second highest save percentage at a 928, whereas Vasilevsky has a 930. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grubauer's goals against average is actually better than mm-hmm. Vasilevsky's with a 178 to Vasilevsky's 199 now. And he's got five shutouts to Vasilevsky's three. So there, like, statistically, there is a very real conversation here. And don't get me wrong. I get it. Goals against average to a certain extent is a team stat. I, the Avs are a very good team, but so is Tampa Bay. Yeah. The big the big separator is when you go look at goals saved above expected. Yep, and Vasilevsky is at like is on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> the dude's just a monster. Yeah, and Grubauer is in the top five with like six. Yeah, five, they, like plus five. I, it's up, like five. I thought six. it was up to like eight now, but either way, not. I'm close curious. I'm curious. I've been since last night. Okay. Um, where they, you know, they snuck some in on him. So true. Anyway, it, but yeah. They're yeah, he's at six point seven, and Vasilevsky's at twenty one point nine. It's a three goalie race, yeah, twenty one point nine. Jesus, uh, it it's a three goalie race, and the question for all three of them right now is how sustainable is this for the rest of the season? Yeah, because yeah. let's face it, they're all in the same boat, right? Uh, these teams are playing every other night. For yeah. the rest of the year, but twenty games left in the season, so we're only talking about you know right about twenty games left in the season. We're we're really only talking about a month of games here. Anything can happen in the final month, but going into the final month, Grubauer, he's he's a top three guy. He just yep. has to not fall apart. Yep. And the problem is, is that he's going against sexier names, Mark Andre Fleury. Been there, done that. Yeah, and as a comeback guy, everybody loves him. So they want to root for him. They want to give him, you know, the praise and the awards and blah, 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 because he's a great guy. And Vasilevsky is just the dominant goaltender of this generation, just waiting to, like, build his Hall of Fame resume. Yep. And Grubauer is just kind of the, the guy having the great year on a great team. That doesn't give up very many shots. Is it a great defense or is it a great goaltender? I guarantee you by the end of the year, he will start to get picked apart because the team in front of him is so good. Yep. It's honestly, I think it's almost one of those conversations where, especially if the Evs do succeed in the playoffs next year, whether he's with Colorado or whatever ends up happening, he's going to be a name a lot of people like. Yeah. This is his coming out party, I guess. Yeah, in that I think regard. that's fair to say. Um, last year, last year it should have been, but the injury in the Dallas series really derailed that. Yep. Because Great. again, you look at you look at what happened in the Arizona series, and nobody was talking about Philip Grubauer and the job that he did, giving up like there was a five game series, and he gave up what six goals, four goals, something like that. Because the game that they lost, where they gave up three, was Frankie's game. Yeah, that's true. And so it's like, 
The guy didn't give up anything in that series. We didn't have we didn't have anything to say about him. He gave up as many goals in the first period against Dallas before he got hurt. Not not uh not great against Dallas, but the other conversation here is can Kale McCarr get back into the Norris conversation proper? Because look, if you ignore the availability side of things, yes, he should one hundred percent be in the Norris conversation based on offensive output and honestly defensive ability as well. Yeah. So just to, the sped up version of this conversation, Kale McCarr stays healthy the rest of this year, scores at a point per game pace. He'll be in the conversation. People love Kale McCarr. People want to root for Kale McCarr. People love watching him play. He has a dynamic it factor that draws people to, to him yeah. that doesn't exist. So, or that doesn't exist with some of these other guys. Agreed. You're going to talk about Jeff Petrie's underlying numbers and all that shit, and people's eyes are going to glaze over. Kale McCarr, it's a different it's special, animal. For yeah. sure. Yep. If anyone doubts it, just play him crossing a dude over at the blue line, and they'll go, oh. Yeah, just show the highlight of him against Vegas in the outdoor game. Yep. Where it was just like, huh. All right. Well, you're a freak. <laughs> so yeah I, we're well past the halfway point at this point but we did want to get this conversation in a little bit just to say yeah. that you know Jared Bender, Jack Adams the, somewhere in there probably deserves it but won't get it <laughs> honestly Joe Sackick probably deserves to be in the GM of the year conversation for the Devontae's trade alone but also yeah. probably won't get it. I mean, that's a you got to get to the final four. Yeah, apparently, in order for that to happen, you got to you got to be one of the last four teams standing in order to get GM of the year. So that's on that's on the Avs, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, the Jack Adams, though, I I don't know. Uh, is it's... there? I, I just don't know. Are there any like obvious? I think what Quinville in Florida. Yeah, I was gonna say Florida. That's like a, a big part of the Jack Adams Trophy is the rebound team of the year, really. Well, and so I always, I've always said that it's a goaltending award. Sure. It's a goaltending award because the guys who win the Jack Adams almost always get career years out of their goaltenders. Yep, and there is a long history of that correlation of having one of the very best if it's not a career year it's it's a top season like one of the top two or three seasons from a goaltender sure yeah minus dean dean oh my god i can't think of his last name nope i'm drawing a blank i want to say eraser and i know that's not right it starts with an e I'm just drawing a blank, but yeah, like he's done. He's done a great job, right? The Hawks are fading, so Jeremy Colleton's going to lose. He's not going to be in on that. But the Wild, like if if the Wild end up in like a comfortable third place, but they're a mile behind Colorado and Vegas, and the West Division shapes up to be, yeah, evasive. There it is. Yeah, and they they shape the Wild shape up to be like they're okay. But they make the division in part because the division is just really bad and two teams just stomped everybody. It's going to be hard to make that case as coach of the year. Like, 
right. Any love for uh, Rod the Bod? Yeah, definitely. He'd be the other guy. I mean, John Cooper, uh, Jared Bednar, Rob Brindamore, Joel Quinville. Those guys are the all uh, um, Barry Trotz. Those guys. Those guys all have to be in that conversation. Yep. Laviolette in Washington. Yeah, dude, they're killing it. Doing that with, like, four different goaltenders? And to be in the top of your division with the goaltending issues that they had this year, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, good for them. There'll be some good hockey out there. Indeed. Opening pitch is, like, two minutes away for the Rockies, so we're out of here. I got ten bucks on it being a strike, baby! All right. Thank you, everyone, watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of you very, very much. Hope to be back on the main channel very soon. But until tomorrow, I guess we're, we're post-game live tomorrow evening. So we hope to see you there, and we will talk to you guys later.